Hi, I'm Kevin McGuire, currently the penciler of DC Comics Supergirl, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> oh, that was sweet. Oh, it's so giddy. That might be worth the dirty looks I'll get in a little while. That's okay. If it's easy for you to say. You're dap, though. 60 miles away. Uh, that's, yeah. See, the next time she gives Wait, you... your wife salty? No, no she, well, he woke her up. She's, she's already done for the day. Yeah, she's yeah. But see, here's the procedure. When you get the salty eye, just say, I'm dap. <laughs> I think, and you're done. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm done. All right. She gives you the salty eye. You give her the one-eyed willy, and then she's all good. And then when you're done, say, "I'm dap." Seconds later, I'm I'm dap. Three seconds. (laughs) Nah, you take longer than that. That's true. Yes. Tight and right episode. Yeah, keeping it lean. Lean and mean. Yep. Yes. Well, I don't know about lean, but it'll certainly be mean. It might be mean. No, well, full of love, dude. It, uh, well, we're full of love. It's just that we don't. Yeah, we you're don't the wild card. Yet, I'm the wild card. Yes. <laughs> I'm so full of angst all you, the time. You're the hard to please one. Twenty-four seven. Yep. Twenty-four to seven. Hey, Although, er, earlier today I was salty AF. Really? Ooh, why? The Eagles were up seventeen zip and they blew the lead. They blew it. Bruh. They gave up twenty-one points in the fourth quarter to lose twenty-one seventeen. Epic collapse. But I'm over it. Let's move on. Okay. Hey, everybody. You are listening to 11 O'Clock Comics, episode 569. This is a special Sunday night episode. Well, you'll get it Monday morning. Brought to you by our glorious patrons and what I am Vince B. That was rather long-winded, and I continue to do so. Sorry. I'm Vince B. (laughs) You are Vince B. You're not long-winded for me. I am David A. Price. Yes, you are, and I'm one of TV's favorites, David Boreans. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> Why did you pick that? Are you what? watching Angel or Bones? What's, what's not the like? Neither, neither. Yeah. Oh, he's on some Se- new show. Seal Team. That's it, yeah. I walked upstairs earlier, and my daughter... Not only stabbed me in the back, but twisted the knife. She has a consummate love for that um, Hocus Pocus movie. Oh, I think it's a travesty on all levels. What's what's the? It's a horrible movie. It's just bad, right? And I guess it's some kind of anniversary of the of the film. Twenty years, maybe. Uh, Yeah, Yeah. and and they have this huge gala. I don't know what channel it's on. Vanessa Hudgens is on there, dressed up as oh, a you know witch. Who likes that? Dali, because oh. Dali loves gala. Yeah, and okay, <laughs> and um, they they have Bette Midler there, and Je- Sarah Jessica Parker's there, and they're all there, and she is loving this thing. And I'm like, it's a celebration of poop, and people are screaming in the audience. Like, do people love Hocus Pocus that much? It's a terrible, terrible movie. There are Doug Bradley's in it too. It's like he's he's there. Like, oh my goodness! 
I have to. I will. I will send you. Well, you don't probably really care all that much. I. It's funny you mention it because this morning, as um, well, actually, yeah, really early this morning, um, because for some fucking reason, about three o'clock, the power went out because it, as it does, and I went to um, my neighborhood Facebook page to see if. Um, if it's been reported or anybody knows what's going on, I think there was a, uh, there was some lines that caught fire, but the, um, as I'm in Facebook, Mike Carlin mentions Hocus Pocus and how, uh, basically saying like, can we stop saying that Hocus Pocus is a good movie? I mean, like you may enjoy it, but let's stop saying that it's a good movie. And, um, or, or why are people saying now all of a sudden it's a good movie? And, and it's the nostalgia thing. It's not necessarily a cult classic, but it's that nostalgia. So depending on when you how old you were when you first saw it, there's a connection there, like people who love who love the Goonies or the second Indiana Jones movie. So you have the um you had a bunch of people who were trying to explain why people might enjoy it. But the one person who really kind of hammered the point home was none other than Joe Duffy. And I will send you her her reply to Mike because in that light it kind of makes sense. Again, it would de- it would definitely depend on when you how old you were when what how it hit you when it came out and um and and the highlights of it the 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 fun parts of it that that you enjoyed again i have listen i i like bad movies i acknowledge that they're bad it's still a fun time for me i'll still kick back and enjoy them but i'll admit that they're bad and and no one's saying i don't think anybody's saying that hocus pocus is a good movie i think they're just saying that they enjoy hocus pocus okay well i mean i'm a connoisseur of bad cinema yes you are that that's sure. my thing um, indeed it is and and to just glorify this movie as being <laughs> Some kind of of, of revolutionary cinematic, <laughs> ma- and, and it's just stupid. <laughs> yeah, and I, I will say, and I've said it before, Sarah, Je- Sarah Jessica Parker looks super fine in the movie. You did, and impossible. And the only no, she and- does. She really does. I think so, but it's uh, whatever. I, I we're, you we're, said you you said that for the patrons to hear, and I don't remember right now because I've already had a couple tonight. I don't remember if it was the episode, if it was the car ride to the New York Comic Con. Oh, it could have been, yeah. yeah. It, it was either that episode or the following day. But yes, you you uh, you did mention how um, the fetching Sarah Jessica Parker... She looks amazing in, 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 the, in the film. Um, she, she would be the single reason why I would endure that film. But... No, I just okay. Maybe it makes sense, you know, because in in hindsight, there's a lot of Bronze Age comics that aren't masterpieces that we love, right? So okay. I guess that was when we were coming up, and and they were everything to us. So maybe there yep. is a a small contingent of of children who I, who saw Hocus Pocus uh, at the right I, time. I don't know. I don't go back issue diving for for the for the items that that get top dollar in the overseas price guide i i I go back issue diving for for, again for wild dog for 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 issues of world's finest for for various issues of um uh old nexus it's like you know so so yeah there there are definitely things where we hold near and dear that other people are like 
yeah, I mean, I, I read it. That was cool. Or, all right, whatever. No, you do you. It's just, but it's, yeah, there's there's definitely things that we, I mean, there are times where the there are a large quantity of people who all appreciate the same thing. But uh, there are those things that come along where the people are just like, stick their nose in the air to it. And, and some of us just like hoard it and, and got to get as much of it as we can. I think we experienced this recently with our reread of Infinity Gauntlet. That was also rose-colored glasses, but yeah, yeah. True. But no, you're not. Who did he say? Oh, Dave, <laughs> David Boreans. <laughs> you're not David Boreans. You just wooed everybody. <laughs> and uh, just to reiterate, this episode is brought to you by our beautimous patrons. Um, they are there for us and you vis-a-vis because their contributions allow everyone to get more episodes per month. Six episodes a month right now. Yes. And if you would like to see what the whole shindig is, go to patreon.com forward slash one one O C O M I C S. That's 11 o'clock comics. Um, did I say that right? I don't think I did. You have, you have not said it right in ages you never spell out <laughs> clock it's <laughs> awesome i love it i just and, and actually tonight i was going to, tonight i was going to mention it and you just stopped yourself and was like i don't yeah i don't you're happen. right i haven't <laughs> been saying clock one one o c l o c k c o m i c s yes that's very different <laughs> than the way i usually say it isn't it yeah. holy mackerel my, i've been my, messing my, it up yeah. you should have told like, me it's, That's like it's, letting it's, me walk around a piece of toilet paper it's, on my it's shoe. Fine. It's, it's not fine. Know. One oh, one O C L O C K O M C O. Fuck. <laughs> Just look it up. Thing. We're on there. We're on there. All right. So yeah. Hey, drink roll call, my buddies. Yeah. What, I, what I, yeah. Yeah. I think you already started. I did, and I will tell no. you what I started on because I am now polishing off. The Casillero del Diablo from Conche Toro. It's the red blend. It's so good. And it's going to be mm-hmm. so gone by the time. And I'm going to have to pop open another bottle. Oh, do it. Well, you got the other uh, tonight? Or are you saving that for, for no, next week? No, bullshit. Shit. I'm going to do it tonight. I got it right here. Huh? I'm not saving. I know we're going to be leaning me. I'm just saying. I mean, I don't well, know if you're, how quick you're down in it and shit. That's all I'm mean, saying. Mean I for tr- us is still enough time for a second bottle. Yeah, I drink fast. Oh, right. Unfortunately, I don't sip my wine. I like, yeah, give me another one. What are you drinking, Jason? I am drinking a new wine for me. Uh, it's it's a new one. It is uh, from uh, our good friends down in Argentina, uh, specifically the area of Luján de Cuejo in Mendoza. It is the Piatelli Vineyards Premium, Premium Reserve Malbec. Um it's fantastic. And if you're wondering what it tastes like, I will tell you. It's Oof. a striking, slightly smoky wine with a deep burgundy hue. A fruity bouquet delights the senses and warms the palate with notes of blackberries, blueberries, and lavender, lingering with a gentle tannin pull and finishing with subtle flavors of toasted hazelnuts. I'm, I'm fixating on the gentle tannin pull. You Why? should write the back of wine. Bob. Seriously, it's like he, off the cuff. It's amazing. Yep. Wow. Quite sure. articulate. But you, you are. You are articulate. Thank you. That does sound tasty, though. It is, though. 
Doe. And what's the name again? Piatelli. P-I-A-T-T-E-L-L-I. And it's their premium reserve Malbec. Look at that. Dab, what are you drinking? I am not drinking wine. What the I, hell is going on? I am sipping on some Jameson Black Barrel Triple Distilled Irish Whiskey. A blend. Oh, damn. And the reason... My people. Um, yes. Uh, it's really the only Jameson I actually... I was going to say can take but it is um the reason why i like this uh is that it is um it's uh the black barrel um it's they they take their irish whiskey and they uh age it in charred bourbon barrels so even though it's still their irish whiskey it's it's got a little bit of that um of that bourbon feel that bourbon flavor um Bourbon, in there as well. Bourbon barrels must be like copper these days. They must command like huge prices because everybody's <laughs> using them. Everybody is using them, I, but and they probably do because of um, uh, it's not like they have a really long shelf life after after they're done doing what they do. And uh, a lot of um, I don't know about a lot, but well, the ones around here obviously because they're local. But but some of the distilleries in the Hudson Valley they use. Um, smaller barrels so um you're obviously not you're you're getting um with the way the whole process differs between the larger barrels and smaller barrels and and the um the loss ratio and things like that all come into play but i guess if they go through enough of those smaller barrels they can um sell those to the wineries or the other distilleries to um to get that uh charred bourbon barrel um, flavor and maybe they can turn them around faster. It's it's weird. I mean, it's 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 a whole. It's a great secondary market that I don't know if they ever planned it when they started. Probably not aging bourbon. It was yeah. It's it's, yeah. it's giving it a new life. It's pretty cool. People are going to stop being buried in bourbon barrels. I'm done with that. It's a. Th- it's better than a kiss coffin. I would think. Well, true. Yeah. Or or a juggalo coffin. Uh, <laughs> There you go. <laughs> no matter how old your baby is. So, what have we been doing the past couple of days? You've been watching a lot of uh, Netflix. I, um, yeah. Uh, I reminded my wife that uh, Daredevil started Friday. And we um, were, were about a uh, quarter of the way into the third season which Did you skip the uh, second season fantastic. of Iron Fist? No, I, I'm actually I'm I'm kind of watching it concurrently. I'm up to uh, I think the fourth episode of Iron Fist. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm watching that solo just so that I partly for the whole completest aspect of it, but also um, to see if um, I'd hate to find out that something happened in it only to miss yeah something later on. So and I I've heard and it is much better than the first season so there was only nowhere else to go but up but um the second the third season of daredevil is really really good i it's not first season great and um but i do think so far because we're getting a lot of wilson fisk it's better than the second season of daredevil okay okay and we found out this week unfortunately we will not be getting any more seasons of luke cage 
Yes, following following the news that Iron Fist has not been renewed for a third season, nor has Luke Cage, which leads me to think that they're just going to combine the two like they did in the comics. That's my thinking. I don't know if they're... I mean, I know that people are also like, oh... No, I don't know. Oh. It seems like it's been pretty contentious. Okay. I think it's much more about the Disney-Netflix partnership falling apart. Okay. So, I wouldn't count on that. All right. I think if we're going to get more Unless the Disney Cage streaming is, service comes Yeah, but sure. that I I would imagine they may even have to recast it by then cuz we're still probably two, 3 years away from from original television programming on that show, yeah. on that channel. So so everything could be heading towards a conclusion. We might get a second season of Defenders and then that'd be it for everybody. Yes. Yeah. Okay. We've had a nice run though. I mean, well, right, as long as 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 long as it comes to what feels like a a natural conclusion if, mm-hmm. if the story progresses that way and they don't try to just cram everything into to eight or twelve episodes just to because they have to tie up loose ends i I'd, I'd hate to end everything with it with a sour yes. taste but speaking of streaming superhero shows you and i need to speak on uh an even newer streaming service offering an even newer program which is the dc universe app um, which has been out for what about a month, month and a half now, um, yeah. with some back matter. We talked about it when it launched, um, but they are going to have their own shows, and the first of such um, hit the uh, hit the streaming last Friday. So, well, two Fridays ago, yeah. and it's going to be different than Netflix in that, um, at least with this show. I don't know if this is their plan for all shows, but with this show, they're doing a TV style. So every Friday, they're going to release a new episode of the show and I am speaking about the Titans or Titans, just Titans, right? Just Titans, just Titans. So yes, Titans, which is the live action version of, well, I wasn't say the teen Titans. But <laughs> I wouldn't say, no, it's not a yeah. live action. It's not it's a live not. version action of any, any iteration of the Titans. New of an iteration of Titans. Yeah. The and I was I was going to stop you when you said, "Oh yeah," and let's talk about some heroes because I was like, "There are heroes on this show." There are uh, the show spotlights uh, Robin, who is Dick Grayson, but acts an awful lot like Jason Todd. A young woman named Rachel, who is Raven. Um, Corey Anders, and who we saw for maybe a minute and a half, Beast Boy. Gar, yeah. And we haven't seen Gar or Corey since the first episode. Gar, we only saw at the end of the first episode. So I'm thinking they'll be back next week. And Hawkins. Uh, and this week we saw, but as far as, right. And yes, Hawkins over Titans. But um, the first episode, we, we focused mostly on Raven and Dick. And we had, um, and we got some woman with amnesia who is, is, is Starfire. Um, and like I said, a minute of, of Beast Boy. The second episode focuses on two other characters that uh, had teamed up with Robin at some point. Um, not sure if they were ever really a team. Everybody kind of seemed to be solo and would sometimes team up. So it's not like they were they were a, a teenage supergroup or, or a bunch of sidekicks uh, that just hung out together. Like Young Justice, it it they just the show is called Titans, but but there's no actual real team, at least not yet. Um, but we focused on Hawk and Dove, uh, and then 
Dick and Rachel show up. Um, and the episode focuses on, on these four for the most part. But what have you been thinking about it so far? Well, I am in the very small minority in that I am quite enjoying it. I, is it a small minority? I don't. I, I don't. I have. Oh, I think it's a. After, I think it's, okay. it's been getting eviscerated from what I can gather. I feel I like it's not, been getting torn apart. I haven't looked for any. I know that. Um, I have. I know Mario asked on the Facebook group when the first episode came out, who's seen it, and some people were just um, unsure after watching it and. Uh, it's definitely in the Snyder Watchmen uh, DCEU film f- cinematography where things are dark. It's 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 a it's not dark in in so much attitude or, or emotion, but it, it's just it's it's a very nobody owns the the electric companies don't exist. In, in this world that nobody has a light switch that they can turn on. It's, it's just, it's dark, which in some cases isn't all that bad because of the story that they're telling. It, it's not exactly the type of story that, that, that you would see in bright daylight. Yeah. I mean, I think that the reaction has been mostly negative from what I gather, but I can understand why in the sense that it's a, it's a, it's an, before I get into why I'm enjoying it, I will say it's an odd decision to make the show the way they're making it because I would posit that if you're an early adopter of the DC Universe service, you probably are an adult with a long-standing love of DC. Now, that's probably a safe assumption. I, I don't know that anyone else even knows that it exists yet. So if that's true, there's a good chance that you're also beholden to and or very nostalgic for a more traditional version of the Titans. So to choose to do an adult, dark, violent rendition of the characters is very, very risky, I think, for the first show out of the gates. And I hadn't really thought about it in the context of the films, but you're right, it is in keeping with, with that a bit. Um, and one could argue that's probably not the smartest business decision since the, since the films have been a problem. It's funny though, you bring that comparison up because our good friend, Daryl, who watches everything under the sun and has been one of the staunchest defenders of the DC films in the face of a lot of criticism from what I gather, uh, really dislikes this show so far. So it's interesting to me. Um, I'm going to have to ask him, what, why why he doesn't like the show. But but um, I really am enjoying it, and I think a big part of it is that I have almost no um, emotional attachment to the Teen Titans. Um, I, I, I definitely like the classic version. Um, in fact, I, I own a complete run of it, um, thanks to uh, an eBay purchase many years ago. Um, and I definitely loved the Jeff Johns version of the younger kids that uh, happened in the what the late 90s maybe early aughts whenever that was I, yeah. I I watched Teen Titans Go the cartoon with my kids religiously I think it's the best cartoon on TV these days um, so I do like the Titans in lots of different ways and versions um, but I guess I just don't have that emotional attachment 
certainly I, I don't have the attachment that you do to the classic version. Um, so is it a perfect show? No, it's not a perfect show at all. Um, but I think also I'm, I'm benefiting here from expectation. Those leaked photos of the characters were so butt, uh, in particular <laughs> Starfire, that I was so convinced this was going to be just an absolute train wreck that I do think it helped because um, I – I'm just not holding it to a, a high standard and, and it's just entertained me so far. I think it's, it's, it's from an editing perspective, pretty flawed as you, as you alluded, the first episode is, is, is relatively well done from a structural standpoint in that we are introduced to all the main characters and it's clear that they all somehow or some way are going to end up being connected through Rachel um, and, and what she's about um, AKA Raven in the city uh, that, 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 that she and uh, Dick are in currently. Um, but the second episode d- d- makes no mention uh, of, of Starfire or, or Beast Boy, which is very strange, I think, for a 10-episode a show to completely disregard two-fourths of the characters that we were briefly introduced to in the first episode. It is an odd choice editorially. Um, and it is overtly violent, and um, it, it it definitely leaves some. Probably the, the hardest thing for people to take, I would imagine, is the the choices that they're making with Dick, which is that he, as you said, is more like Jason Todd. He is living a life away from Bruce. He is estranged estranged uh, from Bruce. Um, he is a, a homicide detective and living that life. And he is masquerade, well, not masquerading, he's moonlighting as an ultra-violent uh, Robin who is more than willing to maim and kill uh, in the name of fighting crime. So, um, again, I, I have no, I'm not going to ever get in an internet argument with anybody that thinks this is a horrible show or thinks that this isn't a good version of the Titans. Because it is not the Teen Titans in, in the way that their classic version is. But... But yeah, so far, man, I'm into it. Like, I, I, I think it's creepy. I think the nuclear family in, in, in episode two was creepy as fuck. Yes. Um, I, I liked Hawk and Dove, even though they're pretty much my age. <laughs> they're pretty <laughs> much my age. Really, he's um, really twisted about this. Yeah, listen, I mean, Minka Kelly, first of all, is an absolute vision. Um, but she's 38 years old. And, uh, and the actor who plays Hawk is 33 years old. So, you know, they're, uh, they're elder statesmen here to play these characters. But, um, but yeah, man, I'm, I'm down with it. I'm down with it. I think, I think the special effects look good. Um, I think some of them are corny, like the, the blood splattering and stuff is sometimes a little bit too cinematic. Like they're trying to make to make too big of a deal of it. But, but, uh, I think the costumes look good. I think, um, I think Raven's powers are, were well done so far. Um, and even Starfire, which, which admittedly got torn apart. And I was, I certainly made a joke or two about uh, what we saw of her. It made sense in the context of the first episode. She she's a club girl. She's she, that costume looks like a cheesy version of the Starfire costume, but it's by design. It's really just supposed to be a cheesy nightclub outfit. That's almost a slutty outfit. Uh, and so, in that context, it it made a lot more sense. And I gotta say, the actress who plays um, Corey is beautiful. She is beautiful. That picture did not do her justice uh, that no. we saw that set photo. She is a beautiful woman. Uh, and what I can't figure out is it seems to me like, unlike the comics, 
where Coriander is an alien, but but herself. It seems to me like somehow or some way an alien has taken over this woman's body, which is why she has amnesia. Yep. Yep. And that's, that's fine. I mean, that again, it's a big departure from the comics, but it, it, it it's well, fine. the whole show. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. So it's fine if that's what they're doing, because it's the only way to explain why she suddenly has got amnesia and she's in this body and she doesn't know what she's doing. Um, but I'm I'm along for the ride, man. I mean, listen, we've got another eight episodes. It could it could totally go off the rails. Uh, I'm not saying this is high art. I'm not saying this is must see TV. But uh, but probably because I had no expectations, I, I'm I'm entertained by it. I I'm so far so good with the violence and the choreography, the action, and all that. The um, when I when I think about whether or not it's a departure to do this on your streaming service, mm-hmm. um, I think about the CW shows and, and your flash, your Supergirl, eh, your arrow to a degree. Those are your bright and sunnier shows. It's yes, it's on, it, it's on broadcast TV, but um, th- that's where you can, and, and things happen. P- people are in danger. Deaths occur, but it's, um, you know, it's not like Barry's going to walk around saying "fuck gay Jar- Jay Garrick." It's it's one. Mm-hmm. It's it's so you have you. There are. I I don't know if some of the things happening in Titans are edgy because it's on a streaming service. I don't know if they really serve mm-hmm. the story sometimes, but um, I thought the the second episode was was a. Um, was a plus from the uh it, i want to say it was an improvement yeah, the, the first episode is always just getting to know everybody and uh it it's the i like the first episode enough but the second episode i think was just more to my liking i um well because mickey kelly was in it of course was but, not to like i, I mean i i, I <laughs> Definitely prefer her as as her natural brunette, but the um, you know this this Hank Hall is definitely someone I could see growing up to be the monarch, uh, even if he wasn't supposed to. This is the, the, he is he's it's definitely you know order and chaos. These two, uh, there's, there's never been a mention of of his brother if he has a brother uh it, it's not like they they get their their powers from some mystical force that uh promotes the order and chaos uh that they just seem to be two people who dress up and and uh yeah they don't seem to have at night. um i mean yeah he could put he could put up with some hell some punishment but uh he yeah he's, he doesn't um there's no, I, I don't think there. There's no Wonder Twins activate thing going on here. Um, the the only time the supernatural does occur is um, is with Raven and the uh, and of course whatever Corey's abilities are in that body. But the um, I was I, I I didn't stick through the entire credits of the second episode, but as soon as I saw them on the screen, I was thinking the, the, they, this has to be the nuclear family from the outsiders. And, and I need to see, I, I need to see the credits to see if I know that, um, there was a bit of, a uh, uh, Jason's old friend, Jerry Conway had an issue on Twitter about, <laughs> um, giving credit. And, uh, I, I kind of, I'm, I, I, 
I think I, I've made it known over the years that 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 I'm a huge advocate of giving credit where it's due, and uh, I I kind of really don't see eye to eye with Jerry in this case. It, it, this isn't um, there were there were plenty of of characters on the screen that um, I know that when Arrow kicks off, it, it says you know based on characters from DC comics, black lightning actually says Tony Isabella and, and Trevor Von Eden, but most of the, um, shows, although Supergirl also mentions, um, Jerry Siegel, that for the most part, it's characters from DC comics. Um, but this isn't exactly following any sort of story that anybody ever told in the comics. So it's not like it's, it's, they're doing the Judas contract and therefore you would credit Marv and George. These are just these are characters that do appear in DC Comics, and you can you could say who you know who created Raven and and Starfire in the credits if you want, but for the most part, um, and and there are no credits at the start of the show anyway. You get the Titans with the theme after a few minutes after the opening, but uh, you don't get any credits until the episode is done. So uh, I am not. I, I'm, this is one of those instances where, like, like Jason, with the whole where where, where you, you'll comment on on full outrage and and you know, can we not be livid about every little thing under the sun? It, this, this this to me, this is one of those instances. Um, although, speaking of in the episode of Daredevil, fucking Roy Thomas is an inmate sitting across from Matt Murdock. Get in, out in, in the commissary. I I was I, not no the commissary. Way, that's awesome. there, yes, it was great. It was great in the interview room. Um, but. Um, I, I'm definitely watching it. It's it's not because this is any, not because these are any titans that I, I recognize. It's just it's, it, for one, I mean, you could say, well, you're paying for the service. You might as well take advantage of it. And and so I am. Um, they're not going to stop showing them as long as I have the service for the next fifteen months. But you have. Um, uh, I, I, and it's not a train wreck kind of thing where you you, you don't want to look away. It's just one of those things where I I want to see these are characters that I did read uh, for a long time in in name only, but I still want to see. I, I'm I'm at, when the trailer premiered, I I wasn't going to any. Any opportunity to say that's not my Robin, that's not my Changeling, that that came and went with that trailer. So it, this really is mm-hmm. uncharted territory. You're 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 just th- these are these are names you might recognize, but for the most part, um, it's their own thing. Just like Teen Titans Go, which I adore. That's not necessarily these aren't the characters that that I read right, right. in the eighties. So you know every it, it, just. I'm I'm fine with letting it be its thing, um, and and we'll see where it goes. I, again, I'm not. I don't know how I feel about. I, there's there's so much there. If you want to talk about the acting or the story or the characterization, it's fine. But there there's there's one part about the show so far where they they give you just enough. Like Dick calls someone for help. And and um, it's it's obviously Alfred who he's calling, and it's it, but he there's obviously been a falling out between Dick and Bruce, and um, 
they don't bog you down with with the whys and and the who did what. It's just this is where we are. You you have fallen into you're 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 in this time in these people's lives. So so you're not you're you're basically you're going in blind and and you'll you'll pick clues up along the way. And and I'm fine with that. I don't I don't need a whole lot of flashback. I, the, the only flashbacks we've really gotten are whenever Raven dreams about the flying Graysons and how they're not flying anymore. And there are just it's I am I guess I'm I'm enjoying it more than I expected to, but I um but I think everybody involved who who's who's working on it on the screen is is doing a a really good job so far. So I um I I guess based on what we've been given, I I don't have many complaints. I'm happy to hear you say that cuz I was worried that you would just it would be too clo- too too far from home for you. And um I'm glad that you can Look at it for what it is. I would think that DC gets a bigger pass on this kind of thing from its fans simply because we're used to the Elseworld stuff. From the, I mean, it's it, you know they've always they've always been different versions of these characters floating around. But uh, but I also get that that like I said at the beginning, I, I think since they did hype it as being the flagship show of the, of this new channel, this new service, and we haven't seen live action Titans before. Right. In iterations, I can get that this might not be floating a lot of people's boats. I, I, I I'm not going to be mad at anybody if this is bumming them out because because this is certainly not, as we've said many times, now, this is certainly not even like the CW isn't work isn't isn't point for point like the comics either. But but it's it's much more steeped in fan service. This is not fan service so far. No, there, and it's and, and it's you can you know we we've. I think it's been proven, but we say that the the movie audience and the comic book buying audience, the people buying the comics will go see the movies, but the people going to see the movies aren't buying the comics. And right. this is one of those shows where if you don't have any history with the characters, if you've never read any of the books, that could be beneficial. That mm-hmm. that, that would definitely be better for you. But if you're paying for a DC streaming service to watch some old movies, to watch some old TV shows that that you're going to. to, Right. So it's, yeah, I I would think starting off, like you said, um, you might want to see something because even, I mean, the Christopher Reeve Superman was very much like Superman from the comics, the Tim Burton Batman very much. It's, it was, there were definitely, it was, there were some overtones that, that reflected, um, the comics. I, I mean, even the the Nolan stuff also played um, played with what came in the comics. Uh, the CW stuff kind of follows some of the comics as far as the the, the characters, the lightheartedness to a degree. But yeah, I, I think it. I, I'm not going to say it's a misstep, but it, it's it was a. Um, I guess it was a bold choice, and mm-hmm. um, I do hope it pays off for them because I, I'd like. I, I just I'd like to I like to see things successful and and this isn't one of those instances where I'm gonna keep watching it because it's comics related and I just I can't you know I mean there's plenty of comics related stuff to watch and you say, don't have to right yeah right. If, if it's I not mean, floating I mean because we have people yeah. who aren't watching The Walking Dead anymore and that's cool and and you know Vince so, is so a people, perfect example I mean Vince doesn't watch any of this stuff truth yeah 
But I mean, so. even even if you are a fan of the stuff, I mean, I don't think Vince is really a fan of the stuff. But but even if you are a fan of the stuff, I mean, it's just there's just too many to watch now, right? I mean, you're right. not gonna we just I mean, there's there's what ten plus at any given moment now. There's ten plus. Got and cloak and dagger on for yeah. well, and there's, yeah, all, and, there's all, and you know like, runaways and it, there, and there's yeah. only more coming, right? I mean, we, we've got it's and it's awesome, but but I I can think of there's not a there's not a person we know in the business that's got a that doesn't have some kind of show or movie about their property in the works now right so yeah um it's only going to get more crowded from here it's it, it's pretty much fair to say that comics have become one of the most fertile uh sources of new material for other mediums and that's great that's awesome um but with it i think comes just an acceptance that it's just mainstream it's just tv and it's movies and there's just not um none of us are gonna have the time to watch it all um it's just not possible uh, but yeah, anyway, so good. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad that uh, you're gonna you're gonna at least get something out of it too. And um, and uh, there she blows. So Vince, one what second. did you think of Titans? Oh, I, I just. I'm glad you guys like it. Just to to clarify, I am a fan of of the Teen Titans. No, no, I meant you're not a fan of um of of the like Watching you're not just, you're just not show, into the, the, the TV. TV oh no, yeah, no, yeah. no! Takes an act of God or the devil, yeah, more right. more like the devil to get mm-hmm. me to watch TV. Yeah, but yeah, I was just talking about TV. Right? Yeah, no, not a fan. So there you go. But what were you going to ask me? Uh, no, I was I was just trying to segue by saying what are you? I, I know. What did that, you think of the show? But I, I was really going to say what are, what are, what uh, what. Tell us what you've enjoyed over the last few days since we last chatted. <laughs> well, I want to keep the two-in-one love alive. Mm-hmm. And so I reached to the bookshelf and I pulled off a copy of the Marvel premiere classic hardcover, The Thing, Project Pegasus. Digging in the crates. Yes. Uh, this was a good one, though. Oh hell yeah! This was written by Ralph Macchio and Mark Grunwald. Pencilers in attendance are Sal Basima, John Byrne, and I'm George skippy. Perez. Sam right. Uh, inked by Sam Granger, Alfredo Alcala, Joe Sinnott, and I gotta say, Sinnott over Byrne. I don't think there's too much better than that. And uh, Gene Gene Day. Colorists are Neil Yamtov, Phil Rachelson, Bob Sharon, and Carl Gafford. Now, there are three ways, three paths you could take to read Project Pegasus. You can buy the original issues, which are Marvel 2-in-1, 53-58. That's Project Pegasus proper. But Ralph Macchio did two issues, issues 42 and 43, that tie into the Project Pegasus saga significantly. In fact, you need to read them. And they are included in the uh, Project Pegasus hardcover, the premier classic hardcover. But there's a trade paperback version of Project Pegasus that does not include Machio's 42 and 43, but it does. This is strange. It does include... Marvel two in one number sixty, and Dap. Let's see how the how your brain is wired. <sighs> Who did the thing encounter in Marvel two in one number sixty? Oh man, I don't know. The Impossible Man, <laughs> and Ron Friends did the cover 
for the trade paperback version of this. It's a great cover, but and and all of the players in the Project Pegasus saga are present. You got the Thing and Aquarian and Claw and Quasar and Thundra and Deathlock and Solar, but and Nilkan, but but in the corner is the Impossible Man, and and not I don't own the the trade paperback. Cause like why the hell did Friends draw the Impossible Man in this image? And that's I did some research, and that's why because it includes Marvel Two and One Number Sixty, which is not part of Project Pegasus, but it's a fun issue nonetheless. Um, so Project Pegasus, right? begins in 42 what's the deal with with marvel 2 and 142 it's the thing in captain america why would the thing throw down with captain america doesn't make any sense well the thing busts into project pegasus to check on his buddy wondar now for anybody who's not familiar what is project pegasus well project pegasus was it was uh, started by the Department of Energy, and it was a research and experimentation facility designed to look into other avenues of energy. Uh, the the non-renewable kind, like fossil fuels, uh, weren't cut. Now, remember, when this was written, it was 1978. Mm-hmm. So one of the things on everyone's mind in the 70s was energy or the shortage of Therefore, um, it was just a trumped up uh, shortage designed to test the public's tolerance for uh, not having enough and paying too much for energy. How far can we push these suckers? There, it's been decades after the fact, and the purported shortages that we're experiencing then are not existing now. So it was all a lie. But anyway... I don't want to pontificate about that. But so the thing busts in to check on Wondar. Wondar, in case you don't know, is the Marvel Universe's Airsats Superman. Created by Steve Germer. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. He was born on the planet Dakum, and his daddy was a scientist. uh, And he theorized that, holy crap. Our planet is going to be engulfed in a supernova. Our sun is going to go kablooey. So I got to get my boy off the planet. He puts his baby in a rocket ship and sends him out into space like little Cal. Um, but unfortunately, uh, dad was was wrong. The sun mm. did not go supernova. This is the Gerber uh, spin on the Superman legend that uh, the calamity did not occur, occur, and the sun was jettisoned into the depths of space alone. Uh, the parents were later killed uh, because the, the the government didn't want them uh, rousing the populace into asking too many questions, and they were they were killed as terrorists. Yep, good old Steve, right? So, Wandar's ship, and he's a baby now, right? So it sucked. Mm-hmm. It sucked in Earth's gravitational field uh but not before being bombarded by those pesky cosmic rays right 
And, and it's always the, the name Cosmic Rays. They're the best. I wish or the I. Gene. It's one of the others. Yeah, it's either Cosmic Rays or the right. Um, so the ship crashes down in a Florida swamp. There's a Mon Pa there, and they witness it, but they decide that it's not really worth their time. So Wondar, baby Wondar, languishes within this ship, and he matures in body, but not in mind. So um, who frees him from the ship? Now, it's the Florida Swamp thing. It's not a stretch. Who's the man thing? It's the man thing. The man thing frees Wondar, and Wondar thinks the man thing's his mother. Um, and, and they, <laughs> cause he looks so much like me. And, um, and so <laughs> they, they, they throw down and Wondar finally realizes that the muck monster could not possibly be his mother. And there's where the saga of Wondar, soon to be the Aquarian, begins. But, um, I'm drifting from two and one. So, so the thing busts into Project Pegasus and he's like, I gotta find my boy Wondar. He needs Uncle Benji. He's, he's just a boy. He doesn't have any of the smarts. He, he's scared. And Cap's like, yo, 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 you're busting into a government facility, dude. You gotta slow your roll. And the thing's like, get out of my way. And they throw down the thing and Captain America fight. But it's the typical, you know, let's, let bygones be by why are we fighting we're both heroes this is silly and um the mighty MacGuffin of the marvel universe rears its ugly head once again the cosmic cube it's at the heart of uh machio's pair of issues because project pegasus deals in alternative sources of energy of which the cosmic cube definitely is one and um they they got it from thanos at the end of Captain Marvel 33, the Department of Energy got its hands on it, sent it to Project Pegasus for study. And since Wondar absorbs forms of energy, they took him, they hook him up to the Cosmic Cube. And the experience leaves him in the fetal position until 10 issues later when Project Pegasus, the po- Project Pegasus saga proper begins. But there's a ton of seeds in these two issues that I think you need to read them in tandem with issues 53 to 58 because the the seeds are later coaxed into life by Machio and Grunwald in, in the saga. Like, you have Wandar's link to the Cosmic Cube. Very important in Project Pegasus. You got a dude running around by the name of Dr. Leitner. And the thing does not like him to begin with, he he thinks something's up with this dude. There's something off about this character, but he doesn't say anything because it's really not his place, right? He wrecked mm-hmm. he wrecked part of Project Pegasus, and he's not he, he's not exactly beloved in the in the part. So he's not going to be like, oh, by the way, this dude's an asshole. You know, keep an eye on him. But Doctor Leitner has a past. He was at one time Black Sun, the Stellar Man, and and he wants he's he's there to sabotage the the place starting with the the cosmic cube experiment which he does it's why wandar goes catatonic because uh dr leitner goes in there and flips a switch uh a very uh fortuitously positioned switch and so wandar goes and he retreats inside of his 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 mental womb um you have victorious and his uh, band of entropists who are trying to revive Jude, the entropic man. Um, it's it's all spiraling out of Man Thing. I think it was Man Thing Annual, 
um, maybe the first one. But anyway, they're Gerber creations, right? If you're talking entropy, who is who has the sardonic uh, wit in the Marvel Universe at that time to come up with that? Steve Gerber, right? And um, they're trying to revive this entropic man. They do. They they get the they he uh, Victoria steals the cube from Project Pegasus and he revives the poster child for the entropists and things happen right none of which play into Project Pegasus so I won't really go into it but the meat of this hardcover is Project Pegasus fifty three to fifty eight of Marvel two and one if you haven't read it it's awesome. And it's it's not a very deep story. The 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 Chewy Center is Doctor Leitner is working for someone, and I won't say because I, w- I want to spoil the ending. He's working for someone that wants to sabotage Project Pegasus. So how do you how do you do it? Well, you transport it to another dimension. <laughs> That's what he's trying to do. He's trying to transport the entire facility to another dimension. And he needs help in doing that. He needs technology. So he pay he he gets Deathlock as a stool, a stoolie, and he he smuggles technology into Project Pegasus. So Deathlock and the thing throw down, and Deathlock manages to to wound the thing. Like he shoots him, he adjusts his little his little gun, and he shoots him, and he pierces Ben's rocky exterior makes him bleed so for the majority of the project pegasus saga ben's running around with his arm in a sling now i know it's silly if you get shot Mm -hmm. shot in the forearm you're gonna wear a sling but and 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 you're the thing on top of it like why does the thing need a sling other than it rhymes uh i see no reason right (laughs) does rhyme it does rhyme but um there's a lot of cool players in this book. Giant Man, the one-time Black Goliath, Dr. Bill Foster's running around. He, unbeknownst First to everyone. Well, yeah, the untimely end in the Civil War, the original Civil War. Um, he's running around, unbeknownst to everybody at the installation, he's suffering from radiation poisoning because he threw down with the Atom Smasher. And he got he gets the sickness, and he's he's hoping that something or someone at Project Pegasus can can alleviate his problem. But nobody knows, right? And he he's he's all gung ho. He's trying to prove himself. Ah, oh. and the thing is, like, buddy, it's pretty obvious that you're black, right? No offense, but you know I, I got eyes. Aunt Petunia, I the, the, the I can see you. These baby blues, you're black. And Goliath wasn't necessarily a good guy. So why don't you change your name? Why don't you just just use Giant Man? And Bill's like, you know what? That's a pretty good idea. And, he's, he's so in the, and Ben's like, you don't even have to change your new fancy belt buckle with the, big, right. with the big G so on big it. G. You, could, you, could, you can be Giant Man. He's like, okay, I will. I'll be Giant Man. Um, I'm a do-dat. I'm a do-dat. Um, Thundra. Whom I love. Oh my God! And Thunder, Thunder's tied to Savage Tales number one because that Savage Tales number one, the Jamba Sima story in there was the very first appearance of the Femazons, of which Thunder is one. So again, why Savage Tales number one is going for the money it is is way beyond me. 
What with it being the first appearance of Man Thing, you got the Femazons in there. It should be going for more. But anyway, I I I, I I'm getting off the point again. Thundra joins a female wrestling league. Now, what does this foreshadow? The stuff that later plays out in the Things Ongoing series. Sure. The whole wrestling league thing. The Unlimited Wrestling League, yeah. Yeah. Um, but Thundra has a uh, tendency to break kayfabe. That's how you say it, breaking kayfabe. Mm-hmm, yeah. And um, the, the higher-ups don't like it. She's not playing by the rules. She's not going by script. Uh, she's throwing women around because she's Thundra. She's massively powerful. So Titania drugs her in a match. And she goes down, and she's disgraced. And um, that puts her in a position where she has to, someone in the higher-ups, it was all carefully orchestrated to get her to have to do something she didn't want to do. And she she sent into Project Pegasus with another piece of technology um, by by Leitner, and, and it's another part of his transporter to bring Project Pegasus to another dimension. Um Wondar is front and center. He bonds with the Cosmic Cube. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, he becomes an energy siphon. He just sucks energy and lights go out around him. Um, cells go down, which allows Solar to, to get free. And Solar finds Claw's sonic claw on the ground. Mm-hmm. He's like, what the frig? And he throws it. He's pissed off. Ah, he can't get it to work. And he's, he's, my, my buddy's claw is all, all dead and shit. And he throws it. And because it clangs on the ground, the, the sonic waves that are produced from it making sound revive claw. He was imprisoned in the, the device. And he comes back. And who does he have a bone to pick with? But Ben Graham. Ba-ba-ba, because they're old foes. And um, because Wondar... And after he bonds with the Cosmic Cube, he's not a baby man anymore. He could talk like an adult. He can reason like an adult. It's a great thing. And he becomes the Aquarian, which leads into other things. But this this series is amazing. And it all makes perfect sense. Quasar is the head of security mm-hmm. of Project Pegasus. And uh, Vaughn just wants to do good. He is extremely devoted to the cause. To the point where uh, he gets almost fanatical about his uh, his uh, duty at Project Pegasus and the things like, dude, calm down. We'll get this. He's like, no, I must quench these problems. Blah, blah, blah. Um, it's just you have Deathlock and uh, Thundra. Like this is just a who's who of the Bronze Age best. Man-Thing in the issues before it, I just had a hell of a lot of fun with this. Like – I'm not saying shut your mind off because it does. You have to follow along. the The threads trail through all of these issues, and you got to try and piece together like why these things are happening. But female wrestlers, uh, giant man. There's a sequence in here drawn by Perez. One of the wrestlers is screaming Mimi, and she has <laughs> she, she has the mind altering scream, and she lets fly. And Quasar goes down. The future songbird of Thunderbolts fame. Yes. She has, uh, she totally bamboozles and, and disrupts Wendell to the point where he sees people 
shifting and undulating. And the page that Perez illustrates this is amazing. He uses two circular motifs to simulate um, quasars, uh, the Uranian bands. It's just great. I mean, th this page is almost perfect. I don't want to say it's perfect because nothing really is. Right. It's it's in my eyes, it's almost perfect. I I, I apologize for for interrupting. Okay. I I want I do I as if you're if you're in our Facebook group, you know that um, every so often Jason will start an awesome thread about just anything now, your favorite cover, your favorite image, your favorite cover, but. I just thought about favorite panel layout pages, mm -hmm. or at least mm. ones that, because Perez has done some amazing ones. Oh, um, shit, yeah. Paquette in the recent action when when Clark was um, was was drugged because of the kryptonite nearby, he, mm -hmm. he had some wavy effects with the panels. But there have been some fantastic. I mean, obviously, the Watchmen really wouldn't be on this list in this thread because it's all just nine panel grids, but anybody who, who played fast and loose with panel layouts on a page to, to, to let you know yep. the direction of a story, I think that would be, it. I, I can just imagine some of the pages we would see from the people. Yep. You know what I think we should call it? What? The Steranko challenge, because nobody messed with panel layout like Steranko. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, you're right there. My, I mean, the first person uh, that came to mind when, Dap said that for me was uh was uh J. H. Williams. True. Yeah. Dude is yeah, a freaking yeah. beast. He is he, he certainly is. Yep. But please let's continue. Oh no, I mean I don't really have much more to say other than it's it's a phenomenal series. Um a phenomenal collection, that is. We all know we're all uh devotees of the two and one. We all love it. I mean, because it was a mm -hmm. great book, you know. Often silly. But um, so what? They should be silly. Mm -hmm. uh, and in this collection, you get an introduction by both Machio and Grunwald. And Dap, it will make your heart sing because the impetus for the Project Pegasus saga was Machio wanted to create something that would have legs in the Marvel Universe. Not because... He wanted a royalty check or because he wanted notoriety. He wanted to add to the Marvel shared universe in a significant way. So he instigated the Project Pegasus and Grunwald said, that's a great reason for doing that. And they became this two-headed beast. They, they actually called them the two-headed beast of, of two and one because they – they collaborated on a number of stories, not the least of which is Project Pegasus, for none, nothing other than – to just contribute to the Marvel mythology. Yes, they were getting a paycheck too, but sure. the the driving force behind it was to add something to the, the overall Marvel Universe tapestry that would outlive mm -hmm. the both of them. And Aww. and they did. Yeah. Right? Yeah, definitely for Mark, yeah. But it this is the the, the equivalent of comfort food for me. In comics, sure. uh, you yeah. know, if you start with the thing and a, a story that's driven by a Steve Gerber creation, and Gerber wrote a bunch of really good two in ones too, but I mean, this is just this is the beat of my heart. Yeah, I think it's I, I 
um, you had DC Comics Presents, which had Superman teaming up with whoever. You had Brave and Bold, which had Batman teaming up with whoever. Um, World's Finest, of course, was two of them, and then the Dollar Comics were just anthologies of other heroes. But with with Marvel, you had two in one, which of course was Thing and whoever. Um, and and as much as I enjoy Thing, especially in the Fantastic Four. I never enjoyed Marvel 2-in-1 as much as I did Marvel Team-Up. And I don't know if that's, well, partly, mostly because of Spider-Man. But I, you know, Ron Wilson is a great thing artist. And um, that's who I tend to associate with, with not so much 2-in-1, but definitely with the Thing series that Byrne wrote. Um but with, with Marvel Team Up, you had uh, Greg LaRoque, you had John Byrne, you had, and and there were there were um, I can recall more Marvel Two and One uh, Marvel Team Up stories than I can Marvel Two and One stories. And one of my favorite Marvel Two and One stories, and this is to me, this is this is why annuals should exist. And it's probably one Marvel two-in-one story that that a lot of people who was reading the book who were reading the book back then um, can easily recall is the one where every powerhouse in the Marvel universe had to fight the champion, and and that to me that is one of those stories where that is that because you had so many characters in this book and it was such a you know it wasn't it wasn't an event it it wasn't drawn out across multiple issues it was an annual it was a done in one story where everybody else faced the champion champion defeated them all and then Ben took him on, and it's I'm not gonna spoil it for anybody who hasn't read it. And if you have read it, then you know it, it, it it's the typical thing story that this is exactly who Ben Grimm is. And I it's weird how the heart of the Fantastic Four gets his own comic book where he gets to team up with, with other Marvel characters. Yeah. I love that. And Machio has a real ha- strong handle on Ben because in the in the very first one issue 42 where the thing is fighting captain america after the dust settles they're looking around walking around project pegasus and ben is like wow they sure got a lot of doohickeys here and and captain america's like cut it out he goes you probably know more about these things than i do you know so that that speaks that little interaction speaks volumes to me on on just how well, mm-hmm. Ralph Macchio knows the thing. Like that is pr- the perfect thing for Ben to say because he's always about that rocky, craggy exterior, but inside he's anything but. And he's always right. he's always putting on airs, you know, like uh, highfalutin technology. Like you 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 fly planes better than mm-hmm. and rockets better than anyone, right? And and you you your brother in law is the smartest man on the planet. You have to know about this stuff. So why are you playing me? <laughs> and it's just, it's amazing. Like I, I, I could talk about these issues forever. The, the, the wrestling league is phenomenal and burn just chews up scenery in, in these issues with, with a uh, Titania throwing women around, you know, burn, he loves his ladies. Oh yeah. And you got, um, uh, 
Titania doing a, a somersault. You got Screaming Mimi, and then they're all crotch shots and ass shots. Like, mm-hmm. that's typical Burn, right? I, I got to say one thing, though. I'm glad that Burn cut his teeth on the thing in these issues because he draws the thing's brow a little too thick. Like, it's he definitely was working out his... his uh, this was his triumph yeah i think so <laughs> because it's it's it, his rendition of the thing is much different in um his fantastic four run proper you know but as i was reading this book and i'm glad you mentioned marvel two and one i'm i'm reading these issues and i'm like god, god damn i love two and one i really do and i'm mm-hmm. thinking but i also love team up yeah. and and I like to, to put on airs like Ben a lot of times and, and think that I owe Marvel nothing eh. when pretty much I owe Marvel everything when it comes to comics. My love for comics was born out of Marvel. Mm-hmm. If, if Marvel never existed, I don't know if I would. Well, it, it, there's such a thing as fate and the inevitability of it, blah, blah, blah. Would I still read comics if it wasn't for Marvel? I can't say for sure, but when 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 I think of my first comics and the ones that are near and dear to my heart, they're almost always Marvel. Yeah. So I'm I just like to talk a load of shit. <laughs> it's no. it's it's true. No, I think it's I you're 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 older, you're wiser, you're more mature. So it's I I I know I get where you're coming from, and um, as as totes and dwarves as it is, there are. If you say, would you still be? You probably would still be, but it wouldn't be. Um, it might not have been as infectious. It might not have right. been so um, so it, so ingrained. Right. It was the perfect storm. My first comic being not only a Fantastic Four comic, but one drawn by Jack Kirby, like. How could you escape yes, that? Seriously, that that yeah, is some yeah, pretty compelling. They they stacked the deck against. Oh, them. they did. Yeah, but um, and and again, I was uh, when you mentioned the team up. I think I like two and one better than team. I mean, don't get me wrong. Team that up is a great book. Me, that really doesn't. I, I, I love, I, but a lot of the choices for Spider Man teaming up, other than the Human Torch seemed weird to me but i mean in a lot and many times they're the same people that were in two and one so like deathlock and and i mean you know it's a lot of the same cast but it just feels more natural when it's the thing than spider-man for some reason i don't know why i don't know why. that's weird see and i was thinking i was thinking the reverse because with thing it's like he, he's he's a member of the fantastic four and i don't know how often the thing would go and have you know uh, a, a day about town where he could bump into another character or he just happens to stop by project pegasus or for whatever reason but whereas with marvel team up i can see spidey swinging around the city and then oh there just happens to be Iron Man. There just happens to be Thor. There just happens to be... Right. But see, my reasoning yeah. is that the thing is much more high-profile a superhero than Spider-Man. Wait, what? Huh? The Fantastic Four are in... You said, they, those are two different things. You, you're, you, you said the thing, yeah, and then you just said the Fantastic sense. Four. Well, you no, can't... because of his membership in the Fantastic Four, I would think that 
more people would have known the thing. I'm talking about in the fictional you universe. In the Marvel universe. Yeah, in the Marvel universe. Oh, I, the, 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 common, okay. the common man would know oh, the thing okay. more than Spider-Man. And that's why I thought as a kid and maybe even now that it's more natural for the thing to be running into all these, these mm-hmm. heroes than it would be for Spider-Man. Okay, well, I think, I think most heroes in the Marvel Universe would welcome Ben with open arms mm-hmm. easily, mm-hmm. whereas Spider-Man and the common man, who would think, thanks to J. Jonah Jameson, right, is a menace. Yeah, I think, I, I think some some here because I mean, yes, you would, it, it takes somebody like Captain America to vouch for Spidey. It takes, you know, you can't. Spider-Man stopping a mugging, whereas the thing is part of a group that's protecting the planet. So there, there's, there's, yeah, I mean, there's, there's probably an air of greatness there. You're, you're when you're hanging, when you're palling around with, with, with Ben Grimm, you know, you're, you're as close to maybe God as someone might think they are. Whereas sure. with the, Spidey, Spidey is, I mean, even in the mask. Even, even with the quips and 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 what he handles on a day to day basis, Spidey's just more like a normal guy. Even though Ben has the the personality of the dude you could chill out with and sit down on a stool at the pub, um, his 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 adventures and and his resume um, go far beyond that. So yeah, I think it it would yeah I. I get where you're coming from. It's in in that in that context. Yes, I, I I don't think I would I would argue that. Right. Okay. Silly question time. Mm-hmm. One hero lives. One hero gets erased <laughs> from the annals of time. Okay. I Sp- like this. Spider Man or the Thing. Oh, the Thing. The Thing lives. No, no, gets erased. <laughs> And I asked the question knowing full well that I don't have an answer. I can't pick. Yeah, that, I mean that's the, you're 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 tearing you're tearing me apart. Yeah, I, I can't. I can't do it. I can't pick. I, I would be a, a blubbering idiot if I was faced with a gun to my head and someone says pick. Yeah, I can't. That, I don't know what I would choice. do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's no way. Yeah, it's better to go blub. I just I can't. No, I mean it's yes. I would think if. If I could, uh, yeah, weird. It's weird, man. I, it is I just, right. I don't. Yeah. I don't know what I would do. But um, to cap this all off, if you want to read this uh, project, Pegasus, um, Marvel premiere classic hardcover. I was lucky enough to find it for about six dollars because it's one of those um, the remainder ones that they allow comic shop owners to marvel you know the overruns that they have mm-hmm. sitting in some warehouse somewhere mm-hmm. that they offer to the comic shop owners for a song and then they in turn turn sell it to their patrons for less that you can probably find this hardcover for the cheapness and if you if you do i implore you it, it is a classic and it belongs on your shelf it's well all just, right then vince when when we are back issue diving and we're hitting those three dollar trade and 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 OGN bins, if, if you see it, let me know. Oh, and there's Ohatmu pages in the back, Jason. Of course there are. Oh, yeah. You get Project Pegasus, a double uh, entry, and you get a Quasar. 
double page entry and within I have that premier hardcover is that the version you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I have and the same thing. Within the the actual issues there's a cutaway diagram of the actual project Pegasus much like the the GI Joe uh cutaway that uh, I mean it shows you all the 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 various <laughs> the domes that are involved in project Pegasus and the tube mm-hmm. that run. it's awesome. Just get it. Do it. Yeah. Whew, sorry for running long, but oh please, I this love- was, I like this. This was this was um, we and, did, go ahead. And you're absolutely right. DC Comics presents is a s- amazing series, and I I love every issue, but not as much as two and one or Marvel Team Up. I mean, I love them. I think they're great, especially yeah. the first two issues with the Superman and the Flash. The Flash is, they're oh, awesome. Garcia but Lopez. Oh. The, 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 the heartstrings are not pulled to the degree when it's Spider-Man or the thing. No, no. And I, I, I do respect Byrne trying to do that with Action Comics when he, when he rebooted mm-hmm. Superman. He, he turned Action Comics into the DC Comics Presents title. Um, and I enjoyed some of those, but they don't. You know they don't um, resonate with me the way the DC Comics presents books do. Um, Not even visually. Raven- no, it's no. I mean, it's they like. I enjoyed the Superman and the Green Lantern Corps, and I enjoyed the Superman and the Phantom Stranger, Superman and the Spectre. But I don't have the um, like. My heart goes to the DC Comics presents series more than it does the the burn stuff i i I enjoy the burn stuff and i respect it but it's not uh, it doesn't it was um not gonna say it was a poor substitute but it was it was it was it was a fine um addition i'm not gonna say it's a replacement but nothing can replace the those dc comics present stories right especially the earlier ones I thought Superman and Bart are doing the porno or, or coming close oh. to it. That was a bit much. <laughs> that was a, even even back in the day. That was a bit much. Yeah, that that was like that was almost like because he did do a similar story. Now he, it wasn't porn, but it was um, a Skin Magazine taking pictures of. Uh, oh right, with Jen She Hulk. Yeah, yeah. So, um, which shout out to to Burn and and referencing Star Trek, the um, the the printer um, thought that the green skin the the green coloring in on from the film was a mistake so he color corrected it to show it as a caucasian woman um which apparently something happened when um when the orion slave girl was dancing on an episode of star trek but the uh whereas that was like i said a skin magazine this was a straight up sleazy porn producer in the um (laughs) Not that Burn ever goes to the well on himself too often, um, but yeah, it's uh, right. it's, it's it's never, never, not even with covers. But no, it was yeah. I think um, I haven't I, I I haven't read any Marvel two on one lately. I need to. This is the, the, once once this move happens and I start unboxing shit and I I, I set up the, the new place the, the right? new room. I I cannot wait to just. Have 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 my 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 slack reading list with with shit that um you know nobody's thought about in a while and I just right. I'm, I'm revisiting for the first time in years. I also have the Liberty Legion, uh, premier classic hardcover 
So I'm going to read that again soon. Yeah. Nice. Yep. All right. Um, Dap, you said you, you had read something. Um, yeah, I know we're not trying to go along tonight. So I just, there, there isn't, um, it's, it's a case of the first issue really should have been a double sided, a double sized issue. And, And I think we mentioned it when we first talked about fantastic four, number one, a couple of months ago, I, um, I read with the, um, based on the suggestion or, he had requested, um, Derek Coward asked if, uh, if I had read Fantastic Four number two. I told him I hadn't. He asked me to because he'd, um, he'd like my opinion on it. And I'm not sure um, if there's – I mean, I want to talk to him about it later. But there, um, I did read it. And the second issue, written by Dan Slott, penciled by Sarah Pacelli, inked by Sarah Pacelli with uh, – Elisabetta D'Amico, um, this 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 focuses just on the Future Foundation. This issue, except for the last couple of pages, where we um, where their big giant four uh, above the planet at the end of the first issue um, wasn't actually. It, it was a signal, but it was also a, a it was like a beacon that that mm-hmm. transported Ben and Johnny to the location of Reed and Sue and the kids, uh, but not just Ben and Johnny because the big bad that they're facing um, Reed called the extended family of the fantastic four. So of course that includes Spidey and storm and Medusa and black Panther and, and, and she thing and Luke cage and just everybody's on this last page. Um, but the second issue kind of fills you in on what Reed and Sue and the kids have been doing. And Franklin has the ability to create universes along with the Molecule Man. So they're creating universes and visiting them and, and just exploring and, and being the Imaginots that um, they've been known to be. Um, still not sold on Onslaught writing the fantastic four mm-hmm. uh, a lot of this issue is is narrated by sue and i dislike immensely the text boxes that they use for her because it's 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 a white box with with very light gray text because she's the invisible woman and it's just it, it looks like i i view that as she's whispering i mean aside from the fact mm-hmm. that it's, it's it's too faint it's not it's not too faint to read but it's it's obviously not as dark as the rest of the text. Uh, but, you know, so they're, they're doing their thing and exploring and, and creating universes. And, and um, Valeria has a crush on, on someone uh, in, 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 on one planet they visit who um, is very similar in personality. Uh, not so much looks, except for the ears, but um, is very reminiscent of of Namor and so like mother, like daughter, I guess, uh, shut your filthy mouth. (laughs) There's, um, there is a, uh, there's a character. We, um, she is the griever at the end of all things. And, uh, she is destroying every universe that Franklin and Owen, have created um and they um 
when they're met face to face, Reed um, basically offers the challenge to the griever and says that um, that you can um, you you didn't you didn't defeat the Fantastic Four. You defeated basically a bunch of children. It's just me and my wife and teenagers and kids younger than teenagers. Um, you know, if you if you really want a challenge, if you really want to, to prove you've done something, then you should face the Fantastic Four, which she stupidly falls for. So she's like, "Yeah, go ahead. I'll let you. I'll let you call your 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 other teammates. That that's fine." And um, and that's when you get the big giant four, and we go back to where we saw the um, the first issue where. Where, where Ben and Alicia and Johnny are on the rooftop. And um, what we didn't see, though, after the big four showed up above the planet uh, was that, uh, like I said, Ben and Johnny were um, were teleported to where Reed and Sue were. And that's when um, you see the rest of the extended Fantastic Four family on the last page. I, I just, I don't, there are, um, I think... I don't... Did you read this, Vince? Yes. And as... Any... any any I don't want to call them problems, but any issues you had with the art in the first issue, did they go away with the second issue? I thought the second was closer to what we would expect from Pacelli, but I still don't think it's her, her best work. Okay, we're, we're in agreement there then. Yeah. Uh, um, but I still, I, it, it's just there's something that's just off right now with, with slot writing these characters for me. I have a problem with Reed willingly wasting his time exploring universes that his son and the Malcolm Man have created. Reed, yeah, like it's like random, right? Like, oh, yeah. let's create something and explore it. Yeah. It seems like it yeah. doesn't make sense. Better it's, things it, to do. It's like walking around in Minecraft. Like, and, yeah, that's good. Have, like that. have they? So, so we know that that Ben and Johnny are getting weaker because they're not all together, or unless that's just a Marvel two and one thing from Zdarsky. But so, does that mean um, Reed and Sue haven't been pushing their powers to their limits? So they're not aware that they're also yeah. not as powerful as they used to be i don't know i I, they should have put one panel in there with reed watching the kardashians because he's like losing his (laughs) losing his mind um but i i just i'm not i'm not enjoying it two issues and the takeaway is just like okay this is going to end soon someone else will come on and write it because this is really not doing anything it just seems like treading water to me to to bring in everyone that was ever a member of the fantastic four it's 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 trite. It it just smacks of just like overkill and just, it's like it's, it's, ri- soon it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I just don't. I'm not get digging it. it. I when I think of when I think of other creative teams or, or relaunches or, or just or, or jumping on points with the Fantastic Four. When you think about um, Hickman and Eaglesham or or Miller. And Hitch and Neary. I, I for me, it's either it, it's Stan and Jack, it's John Byrne because he was basically just continuing what what, what Stan and Jack did, yeah. um, kind of glossing over or if not outright dismissing what Marv or Roy and everybody else did before then, um, and then it's Wade 
and Ringo and Kessel. And that's, I mean, that those are, if, if, if you're someone who wants to know who the Fantastic Four is, I'd recommend any of those three. And everybody, even, even McDuffie, as much as I was looking forward to his run, that, that wasn't, that was, that was Ben and Johnny and T'Challa and Storm. It's not like that was, there's Black Panther in, in, in place of Reed because there's your big brain, but there's no, that wasn't, it wasn't like, Dwayne got to actually write the Fantastic Four when he was on it. Um, I just don't think Slot's thinking out the plot line in terms of how the characters would act in this situation. Like, would Reed actually allow all of these heroes to be taken off their homeworld, leaving voids in mm-hmm. wherever they're from to right the wrongs that they would have righted so so you're leaving a vacuum on earth just to to come and help you out like reed doesn't need help he he beat galactus on his own basically right so why does he need all of the everyone that's ever been in the fantastic four to beat this character that we have really zero experience with mm-hmm. like it just it's it just seems like unthought out like like too hastily thrown together um, I don't know. It's, I, I don't. I, 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 when you were saying the the seminal runs, did you say Hickman or no? I said yes. I said Hickman and Eagle. Shane. Okay, I thought I thought that was the first name you said. I just want to make sure because because I uh, for me, I mean, I think Hickman's run is incredible. It's it's very different than the obviously. Than yes, the, yes, it is. Than the Burn Run or the original Jack and Stan, but it's it's. I think it's it is worthy of high praise. Sure. Yeah, I, I totally agree. It is disappointing, you know, not to be a downer because we try and be keep it up upbeat, but it is disappointing to me that, um, you know, that we we didn't have the Fantastic Four for a couple years there, and we knew they would come back. And then I think Marvel really thought they were bringing it back in style, right? I mean, I think they they think they're giving it an A team. You have this guy that gave everybody a decade long run in Spider Man that 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 most people loved and and certainly one of the artists they perceived to be one of their best and i, I don't even i'm not going to say i think it's bad i just think it's it's not worthy of the yeah, first family like, or the flagship it just feels like inventory issues and to bring the fantastic four back after what a three and a half four year absence with inventory stories is just just a disappointment yeah i think wade would have been a better choice I don't know, man. I, I I love Wade, but 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 2018 Wade isn't 2008 Wade. Okay. I don't think that's fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, at least not. Yeah, like, and I not, don't think, not in most things. I don't think Wade would want to go back to that. Well, especially yeah. I mean, he he did such a fantastic job. Well, with, after, with Mike Sutter's yeah, not, after you write your team meeting their creator, it, where yeah, do you, where do you go from to. there? You know, and I am so not I. One of my favorite things about the Fantastic Four was because um, I, I, yes, I, the, the original Jack Kirby look with the the small black ringer neck and 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 the blue outfit and the four logo in the front, and then um, Byrne tweaked it by kind of reversing it after the negative zone where the where, where there was black, there was white, and it went a little longer, and but. 
whatever the hell they have on what Reed and Sue have, and it looks more like an S than a four. And it's just, I, I it's very stylized. And, and yeah, if you squint and turn your head, it's kind of like a four, but I just, every panel I see, because it just looks so haphazard, it looks more like an S than anything else. Um, yeah. so I'm not really digging the, the, the outfit. Yeah. It's why mess with perfection. I mean, yes, they've tweaked Spidey's costume over the years for special mm-hmm. occasions, the Iron Spider, all the, the endless iterations of the Spider-Man costume. But it always goes back to the red and blue because it's mm-hmm. it cannot be perfected. It, it's already perfect. Where I think the original FF costumes, it, they were dead on. For who Why? they are, dead on. Why does Ghost Rider have his hands in his pockets? He's looking for a change. These, these 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 heroes do not look like they're ready to do battle. They're, it it mm. looks like they're all just hanging on the street corners. I mean, he's Scott chilling. Lang has, has, his, has his arms <laughs> crossed. He is street chilling, which is I, odd for someone whose like, heads on fire. Iceman's got it's, it's just it's weird, man. Yeah. I just, well, that's uh, okay. Right, I mean, we don't want to end. We don't want to end on a downer. No. But we got but, our um, travels to do. Still, yes, so. yes. We would like to thank our beauteous patrons for for supporting us and allowing these extra episodes to be uh, possible thank you much love big hugs and uh if you would like to check out our patreon page you go to patreon.com forward slash one one o c l o c k c o m i c s yes i done did it i done did it uh in your travels done did it I received the uh, first collection of Simon Spurrier and Matthias Bergara's Coda. We talked this up at length when the first issue came out, so I'm not going to rehash anything uh, other than to say after four issues, I think it is quite possibly the best fantasy comic out there right now. And I think you should read it. Uh, Bergara's art is amazing. There's a section in, uh, I don't know if it's issue three or issue four. I'm going to say issue four, where they go into detail on just what instigated the quench. Jason, did you read this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dap, did you? No. Okay. Well, I won't get, I won't get super detailed. Other than to say the two pages that Bergara or three pages that Bergara illustrates are amazing. And he does it in sepia tone. It's just phenomenal. It's phenomenal. Um, Dap, where'd you leave off? Um, Oh, crap. What was the... Some bitch. All right, wait. What was the events leading up to this one? Uh, well, there's a lot of them, but but Mr. Hum uh, goes into the city uh, and um, swindles his way into their source of magic and uh, plans to abscond with the magic to give their, to the Mercron to get the thing that could save his wife. Oh, did, did did you meet um, the 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 uh, wizard with Alzheimer's? I don't think if I if not, then I can't say what I'm going to say. So, yeah, I don't, I don't. All right, but I I implore everyone 
to read Coda. It is an amazing fantasy story. Uh, but it, no, I think. Oh, yes, no. See, yeah, no. That then that was that. That that's my bad. No, I we we talked about it before, um, before Heroes, and yeah, I have the issue, so I'm I'm way behind. So yeah, right. that, well, I won't spill it because it's 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 right. it's amazing. Um, the the art is some of the best you will see in any book. I'm just captivated by what uh, Bergara brings to the table, especially for the. Uh, the pentacorn he's astounding uh every line in this thing is just delicious so if you're looking for a visual tour de force and you're looking for a fantasy comic that will uh, surprise you i think you should read uh coda the first trade is only nine dollars and 99 cents for the first four issues do the math they're four bucks a piece so you're getting a deal yeah i i have um I have the third issue queued up, so I will um, work on catching up. There you go. In your travels, um, checking out the calendar, this is the last Thursday of the month coming up. So in your travels, make sure you have DuckTales Volume 1 Treasure Trove read for our next episode, uh, which we will be recording probably the 25th, if all goes well. Um, But also... I um I did read the second offering from Ahoy Comics, and that would be High Heaven number mm-hmm. one. Um written by Tom Pyre, uh art by Greg Scott, which I constantly have to go back and check because it looks an awful lot like Tom Coker in some places, and colored by Andy Troy. Um and the usual backups including too much coffee man a story by grant morrison and a hashtag danger uh by tom pyre and uh chris giarusso high heaven is what i'm enjoying about ahoy after reading three of their offerings so far is that um nothing there's you cannot say this feels like an ahoy comic because the Wrong Earth is definitely something that felt like a big two book. Um, Captain Ginger doesn't... The, the the language in High Heaven is a lot um, rougher than what we've seen in any other books. It, it, this, this almost feels like it'd be something from... Um, aftershock or or maybe even oni it's just it it doesn't there's no it whereas you may get the sense that that things feel like a dark horse or an image or or a dc or a vertical book it feels like a vertical book to me this definitely feels like a vertical book um it's a uh which uh, again makes sense but it's it it, there's a character you're introduced to um David Weathers and he um it's he's not exactly uh the luckiest dude in the world um and he's not in this world for most of the issue but uh, basically heaven whatever whatever you think heaven is like if you think there is a heaven um you might be disappointed by this book. It's, it's, I think it's 
it's a pretty interesting story. I, I'm I'm definitely going to keep reading it for a while, but it's um, I didn't I really didn't know what to expect, especially after the first couple pages. But yeah, I um, parts of it reminded me of the movie Downsizing. Parts of it reminded me of just some um, the uh, not having can wait, but the the Albert Brooks movie where where he died and went to heaven. There are just certain the uh, they're just yes, there's just uh, it's. It's weird, but it's a good weird. I I dug it, and yeah, I, I don't. I, I purposely not um, giving too much away because it, this is something where I don't want. I, you kind of have to experience this on your own. Can I quote Bill Murray from Ghostbusters? Sure. Yes, this man has no dick. Yes, this <laughs> man has no dick. It's true, <laughs> and he was ready. He, he, oh, he, he was, he's going he for it. So happy smooth as a baby down there. There's like, nothing. Motherfuck. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, silly, and, and like I said, I think Captain Ginger plays out like an Eclipse book, mm-hmm. which is a, a compliment. Yeah, yeah it feels yeah, like yeah, an Eclipse okay. book, where this is straight up raw vertigo. I mean, it's just it. It's adult. So it is. I, I mean, there's no focused ahoy look and feel, which is great. I think that's awesome. Yep. You know, much like mm-hmm. I mean, even Dark Horse has a somewhat of a look and feel, right? And Dark Horse is all over the Valiant. Place. Yeah, well, Valiant's pretty unified. I mean, it's a shared universe. So. Yeah, a unified at front. But I, I think Ahoy's doing great things. There's a commitment to content. In these books, and it's almost too much. It, it really is. I think there's almost too much to read. In, We're in getting these, spoiled. I yeah. think this early on, I, I'm, I'm, I just, I don't want the other shoe to drop. I'm, right. I'm, I'm hoping that everybody can can maintain what they've been doing, right. and so far it's been it's been pretty stellar. And I love that Wrong Earth is already what second printing. Oh yeah. Which I mean, yeah. come on, it's it's here's that it's, way, yeah, yeah. So yeah, high heaven, read it. Word up. Um, well, in your travels, I want to uh, go back to our friends at Image Comics. Not quite an image orama today, but uh, but still something that uh, I think my booze will wholeheartedly agree with me, which is to say uh, the first issue of Exorcisters. Nothing. Nice. I didn't read yes. it yet. I didn't read it what? yet. What? Really? I, I'm. That's it's on. Shameful. It's on my stack. I didn't know and you were going to go there. Can too. I do. You do. Uh, written by Ian Boothby. Art by our good friend, listener, EOC community member, and one of the most frequent winners of our eleven o'clockers, if not the most winningest, because of that. Uh, Giselle Legasse with colors by Pete Pantanzas, letters by Taylor Esposito. Uh, it is the aforementioned Exorcisters. Um, I uh, we 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 did get to see some of the art for this and the ash can before the issue, um, and uh, and we're very familiar with with Giselle's art stylings. But uh, I thought this was quite charming. It was um, it basically for for the uninitiated here. It is uh, like an Encyclopedia Brown or a Hardy Boys. Um, or, you know, that kind of thing for the occult. Uh, in this case, there are two sisters who are brought into a wedding gone very, very wrong. Um, a, a woman is 
waiting to marry her betrothed, Glenn. And and just as they're about to say, I do, a, a, satanic, a satanic-like demon and his minions, these frog demons, show up and engulf him, her, her, her groom-to-be, in flaming chains and suck him down into the pits of hell. And she doesn't know what the F's going on, so she calls on the Exorcisters to... Uh, investigate what the hell happened and they do just that and I'm not going to go any further because the whole point of the story is a bit of a it's not only a whodunit but it's also a bit of a uh, you know a uh, a uh, Twilight Zone type of a thing there's a, a, a twist ending in the whodunit and uh, I won't spoil that but it's it's very clever it's in essence I, while this is not a one and done book this was a one and done story and that we get the we get the mystery solved, much like Scooby Doo and Scooby Gang. Um, they they figure out who done it by the end of the first issue. So I don't know if that's what the entire series is going to be, or if there is an overarching uh, you know point beyond the mystery of the moment. But I thought for uh, a first issue, it was fantastic. It really did. Uh, it was a it was a complete story and. Um, I think these days, first issues often suffer from the opposite, where they give you a little bit, but they assume you're going to read the whole arc, and uh, it doesn't serve as a complete story onto its own, and this did just the opposite. So, tip of my cap to Giselle, tip of my cap to Ian, uh, who I've not read much from, and uh, love the last page reveal. Can't wait to uh, read the second issue. So, once again, Extra Sisters by Image Comics. Sweet. I'll have it read for next episode. Right on. Right on. Hey, everybody. Thank you for being here with us one more time. We'll be back very soon. In the meantime, you know the drill. Say goodnight. No dick. David. (laughs) I appreciate the pause between no dick and David. I was going to say that was critical. You got to dick. You're dapped. Say it. I'm dap. Yeah, I'm dap. There you go. Nice. <laughs> nice. We love you so much. We'll be waiting for you. So you better get your butts back here. That's all. That's all I have to say. That's it. That's no it. Yep. Bye. See you in a few days. <laughs> <laughs>